Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is The Fray Podcast, brought to you by thefray.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me. Today's episode is a solo podcast, and I'm going to be speaking about closure. Now, closure can relate to so many different things in life. I think the obvious one is that closure can relate to the ending of a relationship, whether that is a romantic partnership or a friendship, because losing a friendship can really hurt just as much as losing a romantic partnership. And I think that giving yourself closure is really, really important. And now I've just said giving yourself closure. And I think that's going to be one of the big themes of this episode because often we tend to think that we need to outsource our ability to get closure. We need someone else to give that to us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But closure doesn't only apply to the loss of a relationship like a partner or a friendship. It can apply to losing you know, a season of your life, moving into the next stage of your life. It can apply to a loss, like a miscarriage or, um, you know, closure can even apply to losing out on a job that you loved. There are so many different ways we can think about this topic. But I guess like the two questions I want to kind of try and answer during this episode is what is closure And how do we get it? And I guess the third question is, do we need it? So closure is a notion. It's a conception of or belief about something. Closure is not a tangible physical object that you can reach out and place your hands upon. It's something that you might desire, but it needs to be defined in your own terms because you can go, oh, I really need closure. But if you haven't defined what closure is or what it looks like or feels like for you in your body and mind, it's going to be this unattainable thing. Because remember, it's not a tangible object. You can't go and pick it up from the shop and buy the closure that fits you. You need to decide upon what it means to you because there's no definitive one right way to achieve it. When we think about closure and attempt to define it in the context of a relationship, I think for a lot of us, closure means to tie up emotional loose ends and to make sense of the fragments that remain. It's the same if we're thinking of processing a loss in life as well, or the end of a season of life. It's tying up those emotional loose ends and making sense. I think closure feels integral to the process of moving on. Trying to make sense of things 
is such a human thing to do. Our logic-seeking minds and storytelling hearts want to process our experiences and file them neatly away into compartments that make sense. I think our propensity for closure is in part due to the fact that we have no other ceremony to signify the end of a relationship. You know, there is a loss, but no funeral or wake. There is a pain, but no medication to reach out to cure or to speak of. Closure is a desire to close the book on a past relationship or experience and feel at peace with the ending and to have some semblance, I think, of control. Often when we're trying to move on from something, there's this feeling of yeah, being out of control that you didn't get to choose exactly how it happened. So one definition of closure is it's an act or process of closing something, especially an institution, thoroughfare or frontier, um, making it closed. In pop culture, references and just in conversations with other women, there's this belief that closure is something that someone else gives to you. I'm sure that you can all relate to this. Like you've had a conversation with someone who's going through a breakup and they're like, I just need to talk to him or her because I need to get closure. I need them to give me closure. And it might be the same if you've lost a job. You might be desperately seeking closure from your past employer. You want them to tell you exactly why or to make it all okay. I think though that the subtext of closure can often mean people coming together and often it's two people coming together and agreeing on the story or the sentiment of how the relationship was and why it ended. A lot of people think closure requires you know, people sitting down and reminiscing about their relationship and objectively assessing where things went wrong and then agreeing upon it all. I think that's kind of the subconscious definition that a lot of people attach with closure. It's like, we need to agree upon what happened. For others, closure is an agreed sense of peace and love or fondness for each other. It can be a joint venture and a joint validation of each other's experience. And that may be a reality for some. For some people who have gone through a breakup or a loss, you may be able to get together with the person that you have gone through this with, maybe with the friend that you've decided to break up with or they've decided to break up with you. You guys might be able to actually get together and reach a conclusion as to why it's not healthy for you to continue in your relationship reminisce about those past experiences and let each other go with a fondness and a respect for each other. To lovingly let someone go in a respectful way and to choose to close the book on your story together is a beautiful, beautiful thing to imagine. And I definitely have heard of couples and people in general being able to give each other this experience. I do wonder and I hope that in time we will all get better at moving through separations and letting people and experiences go. I hope when it comes to breakups that in time it will be a cultural thing that we introduce an actual ceremony 
or experience to provide that sense of finality and validation to what was. If you can sit and talk with your ex or your past friend or the people involved in your situation in a healthy and helpful way, you may be able to have that conscious uncoupling experience, which will go so far towards your closure, your definition and experience of what closure is. Sometimes though, you just can't get there. There are going to be people in your life that you just can't do this with, where you cannot agree on why you can't be in a healthy relationship anymore or why it ended. There are just going to be times in life where people cannot give you the validation that you feel you require from them. Sometimes the way that someone has acted or treated you is enough closure to let them go. Over the years, I've really come to realize for me, I believe that closure is a decision. So it's something that you need to decide upon for yourself. And it cannot always, and sometimes it cannot at all, be outsourced to someone else. And again, maybe it's because the people involved, the person involved chooses not to, or maybe it's because no matter what they say, it will just never be satisfactory to you and you're never going to agree upon the ending or the reasons why. I've spoken to a lot of women over the years who have shared with me their experiences of being on like a closure merry-go-round whereby they're continually stuck in a cycle of needing their ex to assure, reassure, or validate them. If we stay in a cycle like that, where we're continually outsourcing, we may never be able to truly move on. It's not sustainable to keep going back to those people and relying upon them to validate our experience and to make it okay for us. We really have to get you, we really have to do it for ourselves, relying on ourselves and realizing that yes relationships are important but the relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important thing you are the one who will always be there for yourself so if you are hoping that someone was going to be able to gift you closure it can be like a real slap in the face when you realize that they're not going to whether that's out of their choice or just out of a lack of ability or again, yeah, not being able to agree upon things anyway. It can be a hard pill to swallow, but understanding that whilst it's uncomfortable right now, it really is going to serve you long term. It's like closure gymnastics, like you're training and each time then that you go through something difficult, you'll rely more on yourself than someone else. I would encourage you to take time to think about the notion of closure and what it means to you. I've got some journaling questions, some journaling prompts that you can use as tools to reflect upon and see what beliefs come up for you surrounding the topic of closure. So you may like to grab a pen and paper or pull out your notes section in your phone and jot these down. You can hit pause after each one. You might just want to come back to this section in the podcast, or as you're moving about your day, whatever you're doing right now, perhaps like me, while you listen to a podcast, you're tidying up the house, you're folding laundry, 
you're making dinner, you're making lunches, breakfasts, perhaps you're on your drive to work or you're out for a walk in nature. Whatever you're doing right now, as I ask you these questions, just see what comes up for you. And if you need a little more time after each question, just go ahead and hit pause. Do you need closure to make sense of remaining emotions? Do you need closure to learn from your mistakes? Do you need closure to make sense of where you feel things went wrong? How will closure change your current reality? How will it feel when you have closure? What is closure for you? Because again, if we don't define what it actually is and how it's going to feel for us, it just remains that untangible, intangible, I think is the right right way to say it, but it just remains something that you can't actually grasp. Whereas if we define it, we have a clear idea, we can actually bring it into our reality. Giving yourself closure, I think, means taking control of your story and choosing to move forward. Remember, it is a decision. It is remembering that you are responsible for your life and you have the power to slide into the driver's seat of your life and give yourself what you need. My suggestions for connecting to your own closure include finding the lessons and the meaning from your past experience. Spend time reflecting on or journaling about and talking about with your friends about the things that you learnt about life, love and yourself during that experience. Think about who you were before that experience and the way that you felt. Write down the things you learned throughout the experience and you may like to do this sporadically over and over again because different things will come up. I know just even as I'm speaking the words, for me, I'm thinking about a loss that we went through. How did I feel before that experience? How did I feel during? And how do I feel after? Are all so interesting to me and also important and poignant. We can get caught up in the after and in feeling out of control and like we had no say in situations. Or even in a breakup that you initiated, even though you had a say in it, you can still feel awful and uncomfortable and out of control because, you know, maybe your hand was forced or it's still a painful thing to do. But really thinking about your story and taking um, taking the time to just reflect and journal on who you were before, during and after can give you insight into why this is part of your story. I want you to own the parts of the experience that were yours. Think about the ways that you showed up or you didn't show up. Think about the version of you inside that experience or that relationship. Even if or when it becomes uncomfortable to take responsibility, it's really important to do so. Sit with it and own the pain, own the discomfort 
Also taking responsibility for the good in life is important too. How are you proud of the way that you showed up during the experience that you went through or the thing that comes to mind when it comes to closure? So if it's a relationship, I want you to take responsibility for how you were inside that relationship. It's easy to point the finger outward and blame other people, but I want you to really just think of the parts that you were in control of and own those parts, even if they're not comfortable. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I encourage you to notice the things during that experience that didn't work for you during that friendship, particularly with a friendship. If you have gone through a friendship um, ending, it can be at any relationship ending or even a family relationship ending. Maybe you have decided that right now in your life, there is a family member that cannot be involved. Notice the things that didn't work for you. You know, even as petty as it sounds, you may like to make a shit list of things that didn't work for you. And I know that sounds petty, but during the closure process, bringing your attention to the ways that that relationship or that experience didn't serve you can be helpful because once we've gone through something, it's very easy to romanticize it and put those rose colored glasses on and only see the good things. So just don't be afraid of shifting your attention towards the things that didn't work for you as well when you're going through the closure process. Practice active gratitude for the things that you have learnt and gained during the relationship. Active gratitude means really holding, like really, really focusing on what you are grateful for and holding it in high regard and spending time thinking about your gratitude for it. It can be saying it out loud or sharing your gratitude uh, with loved ones or journaling on those feelings. But what are you grateful for? You know, when I think about closure in a relationship sense, there are things that I am deeply grateful for with each relationship that I have lost. Going through a loss recently, I feel like crying saying it, um, but there are parts of that experience that I am deeply, deeply grateful for. And I feel like I am changed because of that. So just don't forget to connect to those things that have changed you and shaped you and the things you're grateful for. If we're talking specifically about an ex-partner, I would encourage you to consider writing a letter to your ex that you're not going to send. If you have anything at all to say to your ex-partner, and again, this could be an ex-friend, ex-employer, Um, there's so many ways you can frame this, but if we're talking about an ex, write it down. Um, and you might like to write this letter over and over again, because you're going to have different waves of emotion on different days. Like on a Monday, you might feel remorseful and lonely. So you write this really sad letter, 
But then on a Tuesday, you might feel triggered and angry. So it's like a really ragey letter that comes up for you. And then by the end of the week, you might feel more hopeful and at peace and even excited about the new journey you're about to embark upon. That's why we're not going to send the letter (laughs) because you got to just ride through your own waves of emotion and take responsibility for them. But you can certainly write a letter and get everything down and out. You might like to tear the letter up or safely, very, very safely burn the letter. Um, I've also heard of women who, people in general, who have literally placed letters to their ex into their freezer as a way to symbolically ice things over. Because I'm a sentimental, uh, sensitive little being, I like to keep mine. That's why I write them in my journal. And I keep them because, not that I do this often, but there are times when I'll revisit things that I've written just to see how far I've come. And it's helpful not only to see how far I've come, but also if I'm in a tricky situation, just to remind myself that, oh yeah, like I've felt similar things before and they always pass and I'm always okay. Putting pen to paper instead of thumb to phone is just a much better thing to do when you're going through a breakup. A few months after your breakup, once you're feeling more stable, you might decide to write a letter to your ex or arrange to meet up with them, but only do that when you truly, truly feel like their response or their lack of response is not going to impact your healing. That would be my advice there. The most important thing I think in life in general, maybe, is to connect to hope. To move on, we need to move forward. To have a desire to move forward, we need a sense of hopefulness. When things are hard, it can feel hopeless, but we can engage in thoughts and actions to help build hopefulness again. Hope is like a tiny little spark within us, and we can nurture that spark and turn it into a bigger fire. I think the old saying that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with is oh so true. And right now you might need to up level the people that you're spending time with to increase your own vibration. This doesn't mean that you need a whole new social circle, but it just means being aware and making good choices so that the average you are becoming is a positive average. Pay attention to the way that you feel when you're spending time with people in your life, always, but especially when you are moving through something difficult or you feel like you have a fragile little heart. Spending time with people who take from your energy reserve is not what you need right now. And to boost your hopefulness, um, choose to engage with people who leave you feeling brighter than you were before. You can uplevel your energy and hopefulness by spending time with people who you admire or who have faced adversity and overcome challenges. You can do this in real life, but you can do this through podcasts and books, through videos, YouTube, and attending events. You may have a small team of role model or coaches who like profoundly shape your world and you may never meet them. They may never know that you exist, but they could be so powerful to you in keeping that hope spark alive. 
Fill your ears with things that nurture your hope. Music, comedy podcasts, stories. Um, Listen to other women or men that you find inspiring. I know myself, like when I go through hard things, I can take great comfort from listening to the stories of other women who have been through difficult situations that feel similar to mine. I remember um, when I was feeling quite sad and just wondering if I would have a love story again, I found hope in reading about other love stories, particularly other love stories that were happening for people after marriage um, and after divorce. So ask yourself, what gives you hope right now? What are the things that are going to stoke your hope flame? Is it other people's stories? Is it making a vision board? Is it visiting a new new city, learning a new skill? Connect to the things that are going to propel yourself forward. You may also like to consider grabbing a copy of the blueprint if you don't have one already. And you can use our code podcast20, podcast20, all in capitals for the podcast part. You can get the blueprint from thefray.com, F-R-A-E.com. It's a journaling experience. It's all done at your own pace, but it's going to really take you on a journey. And I think it complements the closure journey really nicely because it's all about the things that we've kind of touched on. It's about your identity, your beliefs, your choice. We get to choose in this life. It's important as well to identify activated fears or beliefs when you're going through the closure process. If you're hurting after a relationship, it's worth asking yourself, what is it that hurts right now? Ask yourself the question because each of us may have a different response depending on our own um, unique coding and our own experience. When you think about the experience that you are hoping to get closure from, what is it that is hurting for you? Is it the failure of an ended relationship? Is it rejection? Is it pain that you're worried your children are going to experience? Get clear on what the hurt is and why. Because when you know more about the hurting, we can explore um like potential anecdotes to repair that hurt and speak to that per- that hurt and pain and validate it. If you're feeling rejected, for example, the anecdote may be to spend time somewhere that you feel accepted. If you feel betrayed, it could be helpful to find ways to trust people in your life again. But if you don't identify what the pain is, it can be hard then to come up with a Um, a solution or an approach moving forward that's going to really soothe you. There are things that you can engage in like a cord cutting ceremony ritual and also meditation. I remember first hearing of a cord cutting ritual um, when a friend of mine was on a journey to find love for herself. It was to do with working um, with a Reiki master And that person insisted that she have a session dedicated entirely to cord cutting. It's a ceremony or spiritual practice to do with energy and bonds and freeing yourself. And it might be a bit woo-woo for some, but it could be the perfect fit for others. Only you'll know if that speaks to your soul. 
With closure, we have to accept where we are. Let go of the what ifs and the what could have been and accept your current reality. Continually going over and over and over the other possible outcomes is a form of torture and it will get you nowhere fast. We have to accept where we are. Decide to move forward with your action and your words. Self-regulation and accountability are going to be your best friends when it comes to making an active choice to let go of the past and to move towards your future. Develop the habit of auditing yourself over the coming months. That means pausing and being radically honest with your choices and the reason behind your choices. That can be uncomfortable. Um, But notice when you're engaging in a behavior that is pulling you backward or keeping you stuck. That could be texting or sleeping with your ex. It could be ruminating over the what ifs um, or like mentally just kind of bargaining with like your ex or even out loud bargaining with your ex on the ways that you would change and make things better. These, you know, it could even be just like looking at a friend's social media all of the time or continually beating yourself up for a past experience. Being honest with yourself, like, for example, if you're texting your ex-partner unnecessarily and it's pulling you backwards, catch that behavior and try to switch mode so that then you make a decision to text a friend instead. You know, you could be texting your ex and that's pulling you backward, or you could be texting a friend and making future plans. Be honest where you're spending your energy and your thoughts um, and audit yourself. This is a big one and a really hard one for a lot of us. And I say us because me too. You have to relinquish control of your ex-partner's story or the other people involved story of what happened. You can't control how someone chooses to view you. And it's really painful. It's really, really painful to think that someone out there thinks poorly of you or paints you as the villain in their story. You might have a desire to do some damage control and try to convince people of your goodness and get them to see things your way to change their view of you, but you just can't. At times, you just don't have the power to dictate their experience of you. What other people think of you is literally out of your control a lot of the time, and it's none of your business either a lot of the time, which is hard, particularly when you've been entangled with someone. You just may be the villain in some other people's stories, but it doesn't mean you're the villain in reality. It just means that's what they're choosing to believe or perpetuate because it's satisfying one of their needs. So surrender to the fact that you can't control how someone else chooses to see you. He or she will be on their own roller coaster journey. And, you know, during some of their moments, their low moments, they might decide that you're the worst person ever. And hopefully they pass through that in time. But regardless of where they are in their journey, 
You just can't control or attach your own value to how they see you. I think ultimately closure is letting the book of your relationship or your experience close. It's letting the regrets go and taking the lessons and the blessings and the gratitude on with you. It's a choice to acknowledge what was and what no longer is. It's knowing that you deserve to move onwards and upwards for yourself. So whilst you might not be able to turn to someone and get them to gift you forgiveness or gift you closure and compassion, you can do things to strengthen your own ability to give yourself closure. Reflecting, taking radical responsibility, ownership, letting them go, surrendering and accepting where you are, connecting to hope and being grateful for the things that you have learned about yourself through this experience. Those are the things that are going to go towards your closure. But again, I can't stress enough. Ask yourself, what is closure? How will it feel for you? How will it feel in your body? How can you give yourself that sensation? I hope this episode has been helpful for you. We're all going to go through different situations in life that we have to let go of and we have to move on and give ourselves that sense of peace, knowing that it has ended for a reason. If you enjoyed this episode, slide into my DMs. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I appreciate you being here. And as always, I'd love it if you share this episode with someone in your life. I'll talk with you soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going to make a move? Are you going to come and see? Whatever you want to do, you know what's cool with me. Whisper in the dark. Whispers in the dark. You come to play, don't you? Looking for catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.